Well, welcome everybody. This is episode three, and I want to thank you for tuning in. I think there's uh, some excitement and some enthusiasm building for these episodes, and uh, that makes us happy. I'm Dave Bernard, and I'm here with uh, my friend Ron Anderson once again. And uh, before I go to Ron, I got to say, Ron, based on the feedback we're getting, I think you're pretty good at this. Dave, Dave, I think you're pretty good at this, and I'm along for the ride. How are you doing? Hey. Well, I'm great. I'm great. I wasn't ready there when you started because I didn't hear your clacker. I didn't you, clack this time. Oh, damn. Boy, just when I was getting in the routine, we're going to have to get a clacker. but Because oh. it wakes you up, right? Like I, I clack and then, oh, here we go. You know the deal. If you leave me alone for 15 seconds, I just drifted off. And I was thinking my own thoughts there. No, you're yeah. wide awake. I know you're wide awake because you had too much coffee. And I know oh. that because you keep going to the bathroom. <laughs> I trying know. to record the episode. I know. This is, I've delayed this. Delay a game penalty for me. Eh? <laughs> oh, you know what? It's a combination of too much coffee and too many years. Because well, you know sometimes like these episodes are going on for a while and you're thinking, I better get the pee in. <laughs> well, this, it's, just, it's just like a show. Like, I don't think I'll make it through this drag. God. You know, I, you're comfortable with this talk, aren't you, Ron? Well, enough bathroom talk. Dave, what's okay. going on here, buddy? You know what? I, I, you know what I wish I had talked to you about back in, in you know, an earlier episode? I wanted to talk to you about your friend at home, the Beaner. Can you tell people about, <laughs> like, not everybody knows that you have this new little friend, and I want you to tell people about Beaner. Oh. Mr. Beans, or am I getting it right? I'm uh, his name is Beans. Beans. B E A N Z. Beans. I love it. Now, Beans, you know, he's a COVID dog, right? They talk about COVID puppies. Yeah. Well, Marilyn wanted a dog. We've usually always had a dog, all, you know, a house dog deal. So she wanted a little dog. And so she, she found this dog like some, a friend of mine on Facebook had puppies. Marilyn's looking. She's trolled the. She's trolled the internet for pups. We're not going after any dog. Like, oh, we want no. the right dog. I mean, she, special. I don't know. She had some kind of criteria, and I'm deflecting this. I'm going, no, no, no. Mm. It's okay if we don't. Finally, she said, "Okay, I'm getting one. I don't care what you say. I'm getting one." We got Beans, and uh, Beans is, I think, he's a year and a half now. It's extraordinary. I yeah. mean, the little dog brings joy to our hearts. It, it's been quite a deal. So I bought into this. She says, I'm not getting a dog unless you say it's okay. <laughs> so what do you, you know, I don't want to sleep outside and the no. dog's sleeping inside. Yeah. So I went, yeah, yeah, I'm going with it. But he's been a ton of fun. Yeah. And uh, so that's our little dog. Well, that's but the people want to know, Ron, that like it, Beans is not just a dog. Beans... <laughs> He's, 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 he's cute. I, I, can I tell the story about uh, when I first saw <laughs> oh, Beans? Yeah. Oh, you're going to tell this story, Dave. I wasn't and, actually and asking gonna, for permission. And, I'm going to no, tell it. No, you're going to tell it. And, so and you're I'm going to sit here. Yeah, you just, you know, listen to this story. So Ron is super excited about his friend. And so he comes to all the shows. And I believe it was a cutting show. We're in Pinocchio. Might have been Cow Horse, but I think it was a cutting show. Anyways, uh, end of the day, we finished a little early. Isn't that always nice? And... Uh, and so I'm, you know, packed up and I'm leaving. But meanwhile, as I'm pulling out of the Pinocchio Arena, over there's a grass sort of on oh, that John, to the right of that gravel road. And I see there's it's like Ron. an uninhabited dog yeah. park. It called us right. out there. Yeah. So you're out there walking beans, and and I put down my window and I said, "Hey, what a cute little guy!" And Ron, you could see this just pumps up, and he's proud. And I said, "And I like the dog too." <laughs> Oh, it was like it was hard. It, 
at first, like you say, ah, yeah. yes, my chest swelled up. Yeah. And then it just totally deflated. Uh, I know, like, it's, it's, I don't like to bug Ron because I know that when I bug Ron in the past, Ron gets bugged. But then he jumps on the microphone and he tells, you know, a joker makes fun of you and everybody hears You're, and everybody laughs. But they tell you, I've got my own mic now, Ron. You do. This is kind of scary. Yeah. This is kind of, but Dave, yeah. Dave, there will be retribution. I want to make sure that at some point in time, I post the cowboy elf photo because I think a lot of people <laughs> have seen it. But that was when I first thought, like, can I go ahead and tease Ron about, you know, the fact that he's maybe not tall. We'll go there. Not sh I'm not calling you short, Ron. No, you're no. You're not no, tall. No, that's yeah. it. That's the cowboy it. elf fold. People are going to want to see this because it's I'm awesome. not overweight. I'm under height. Okay. But, <laughs> you know, the, the thing is, Dave, I do have some fun at a lot of people's expenses. Yeah. So, uh, that being said, a guy's got to take what he dishes out. You, you know, take you it got, well. You know. You do. Yeah, you got to shoulder the load. It's just that you take it well, but you always win, and that is well, the, that's I, the truth. I'm persistent about that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. so what else is going on? You stole my beans story. I know. You know what I wanted you to do is just take, take a moment and tell people about today's guest, Austin Steelhoff. Oh, what a pleasure. Yeah. What a pleasure it was. This, uh, the podcast is exciting when we have guests yeah. such as Austin. Yeah. Welcome him over here. And all of a sudden, you're finding out more and more about the person's life yeah. and kind of what goes on. Yeah. So... This. I mean, he's so busy when he's oh. at the shows, right? And, and we hadn't had a chance. And so we enjoyed talking with him. And as you just said, just learning so much about more of Austin as a person. And I know the guests at home are the listeners. They're going to really enjoy it. It, it is. It's so yeah. true. We see just part of a person, right? Yeah. In, in a show pen. So having him here and sitting around chatting with us. And uh, he was a little nervous. Eh? Yeah. He, he was, was a little nervous. But it didn't take long. And no. suddenly he's, he's like right into this. Yeah. Yeah, and that's you, Ron. You do such a great job. I mean, everyone that we've talked to, you know, has that apprehension. But I've, you know, the people who are coming up, I've told them, like, don't worry about it. Like, Ron, you, you make people relax. You, you know, you sit there and you look across at them and, and you're engaged. It becomes a conversation. The mic goes away. And that's what we hope is coming through um, when, you know, for the listeners at home. Because we don't want people to be nervous. No, it's not about being nervous. Uh, he was uh, far better equipped than we were. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, you know, I just want to go back and just say, because I, I, I started off saying that things were going well, but uh, we both, we've talked about this, the appreciation for the oh. response that we've gotten. Overwhelming. Yeah. Totally overwhelming, Dave. Yeah. Um, our little podcast, our, our concept of the exhibition, the show, yeah. um, I, I'd like to reach out and say to everyone who's done... Mm -hmm a mention, a like, a whatever, and uh, we've gotten, we feel the love, yeah. and uh, it's been inspiring, Dave, yeah. it's, yeah. it's inspiring, I'm, I was a little afraid coming out, you know, thinking, holy cow, yeah. can we maintain this, well, we can because of your support, the support of the folks out there. And so that that appreciation has come just just through that, like you said, the likes and the and the comments and everything. And and we see the numbers on the podcast; people are listening, so that's great. The other thing is is that you know sponsors have already been stepping up, and and we're going to recognize those sponsors as part of the podcast. We're going to be recognizing them through every uh, every way we can, whether it's on the website or social media. So thank you already to the sponsors who have been coming. But the other thing is is we told you that there is an early entry. Um, option on the website it's really simple and all you're doing is you're just you're just saying like hey 
we're coming, and it's, you're not committed, you don't have to pay anything, but it really helps us to know, like, how many people are going to come to this first ever show. So if you haven't already, oh, um, yeah. jump on the website and just say, and it, you know what, maybe it's not the, the right horse, or maybe you, you, know, you think you're bringing two, whatever it is. You're just giving us an indication that, yes, like, if it works out, we really want to come, and so that's helpful. It, it really is. And I saw some people have already uh, taken the opportunity to register, and I think that's a great encouragement. So get on there, register. Like you say, it, it's no commitment. Yeah. And uh, if it's a wrong horse, right horse, whatever it is, I really hope, I really hope that you've got your eye out there as if you're a trainer or an upper-level rider, if you've got your eye on a horse for the open. Yeah. I mean, $10,000, <laughs> Jack Carter Auto Group being yeah. the title sponsor, you got to have a horse for the open. And I'm starting to hear those comments oh, cool. out in Rainer World. They're going, well, I better look around and find myself a horse for this deal because yeah. I want to come with my bags packed and my gun loaded. <laughs> hey, um, you know, something that we've talked about, and sometimes, like, you know, we got to be careful and make sure that we, we say the things that we already know to be true about the show because we don't want to miss it. And in some cases, we may end up repeating ourselves, and I hope that's okay. Maybe if we say it too many times, it's not a problem. But I just want to talk about, for a moment, about the social aspect being a focus of this show. Because in my estimation, like, this will be a summer vacation slash destination. Like, would you agree with that, Ron? I, I really do. And I, our, our, one of our major things, like, we had some little target things at the top of this deal. Yeah. The one thing we wanted to provide was a, a great showcase and show place for the reigning horses. Mm -hmm. The other thing we wanted to do, we wanted to make it a fun environment. Yeah. We didn't want to have really, really long days. We didn't want you to think, oh my God, if I survive this, yeah. I, I, I've made it. We're trying to make this so everybody can have fun. You can uh, have a little bit of visitation time and, and yeah. camaraderie and carry on. So absolutely, this is gonna be as much of a vacation, I mean, Hey, we want you to be stressed out. <laughs> We've got a lot of sponsors that have put up some great yeah. prizes already. The commitment's all there. We want a little stress, yeah. but we're not going to keep you stressed all day long. And I just hope, too, that our sponsors are going to be able to come and take in. You know, some of our sponsors, of course, are participants. But those who are not, I hope they come and, and see the sport of reigning, see what they're contributing to, and, and have fun. So uh, I'll just point out that we have the community hall booked for the entirety of the show. Uh, it's right next door, basically shares a parking lot, and we're gonna be taking advantage of that. So on Saturday night, you can anticipate a dance, a cabaret, we're, we're going for some live music. I'm not gonna say right now who our, uh, who our performer's gonna be, but I, I, I think people can probably guess who we're trying to get, and I believe that we can, but we gotta work out some details. But regardless of who we get for entertainment, uh, to you know, we just know like, we're gonna have fun on Saturday night, so Probably Sunday's schedule is going to maybe start a little later or be a little yeah, lighter because yeah, we're going to have a good time. Hey, hey, I like that idea. Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. Hey, almost uh, already. Before we go to our interview, and speaking of this, hey, this is a rumor, but it came from a really good source. I've heard, you, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, no more ladies and gents at the classic shows. Serious. I, I believe that's true. I can't be 100%. Uh, so so maybe so maybe one of our listeners can confirm, but I believe that is the that's the plan we're going to I'll stick and, my opinion right Ron, out there. Oh, sorry. I'm going to go get you a towel because you you're so <laughs> sad. You got a tear <laughs> oh, running down your eye. Just going to stick my opinion right out there and say, well, 
I think I'm over missing it now. Well, because like what I know about the ladies and gents, it's all it's it's an opportunity for you to let loose some of your best <laughs> jokes. <laughs> well, well, you're not going to get to do that anymore. You're going to you have know, to be serious, Ron, all uh, the time. I bet that don't happen. Yeah. I'll bet that don't I happen. Bet, yeah. But, hey, yeah. ladies and gents, adios. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get over it, Dave. You know what? I'll uh, work in a few. I'll release a little bit of my pent-up emotions whenever I want now. Well, hey, you know what? This is the introduction. We are going to go to our interview now with uh, with uh, Austin Seelhoff, and you introduced him earlier. I know people are going to like this. You know, we'll be back after the interview. Keep listening. Well, today we've uh, actually stepped up our game. Now we've got uh, we've got somebody that's going to be very welcome here. Austin Seelhoff. Very nice to have you here. This is a young man, new, relatively, is it fair to call you a kind of a new-to-the-industry guy? Are you still new to the industry? That's a good question. Yeah, I don't feel is. like I am, but maybe I am, I guess. I, I, I don't think you are new to the industry. Everybody's very familiar with you. Uh, they probably don't know, like I didn't, I didn't have a whole scope of your life. And I was really interested, you know, it's kind of interesting to know What's behind this guy? Because I've watched you ride, watched you compete. I'll tell you this. I'm a fan. I'm impressed. And I thought, he didn't just, like, fall off the turnip truck and develop these skills. So we were just chatting here earlier, and you, you tell me, I think you're from Saskatchewan, correct? Yep. Born, born in Saskatchewan. And uh, when I was about 13, we moved out to BC from there, I guess. So. Okay. Yeah. And, and so... The trip from paradise to horsefly, is that the... Yeah, that's that's, how, that, that's huh? how it went. All right, paradise nothing, hill? nothing like showing in Oklahoma City and you look up at that screen and it says horsefly and you're like, yeah. <laughs> proud. I, as soon when I found out you were from horsefly, I went, all right, I know where that is. And I and don't. I'm from there. So where's horsefly? Well, Ron was telling me, but you could... Tell you us where horsefly is. Smack dab in the middle of BC, kind of like uh, east of Williams Lake. <clears throat> oh yeah, so we right, talked about this. Right in the middle, like you got to go up or down to get anywhere. You, there's no just going across the mountains. You're right there. So yeah, we used to come over to Red Deer for the horse shows, and you'd be doing like a 10, 12 hour drive just for your regular horse shows. Like it's a it's a hike. Ooh. I looked it up because that. So I've, now I've known two people from Horsefly. I've been impressed both of them, yourself and another gentleman that I had the opportunity to meet in Agrivision. He was a great guy, and I asked him where he's from, and he told me the same story you just did. Yeah. And he said, so that, that's great. So you moved to Horsefly, and you're ranch-raised. You're kind of, is that the family history, agriculture background? You betcha. Yep, my mom and dad. We had a mixed farm in Saskatchewan, so cows and grain, and then uh, strictly just cattle out in BC. And now my middle brother, him and his wife and his his family, they they bought the ranch from mom and dad a few years back, and they run it. So big big time in our veins is anything to do with animals. All right. So horses were obviously not new to you. No, always had horses, always used horses, yeah. So very different use of horses. You know, my, my horses now are pretty useless when we go out to the ranch to help. I don't take any of them, but, but no, they're definitely a big part. My, uh, my nieces and nephews out there, they, um, they do the like, little britches rodeos and stuff like that. All and right. they, They've got a couple of horses from us, actually, that uh, worked out really well for them now. They, they show up, and they're, they, they're broke, and, and uh, they're killing it out. They're roping and goat tying and all that stuff, so... All right, so that's a, a great start. Now, my research, and you can correct me here again, this is like 
I've apologized before to people. For, I don't stalk you, and I'm not. But I call it research. And you like to know things. I do. I'm in a need-to-know position. So I'll stick my nose in a lot of places. Maybe it shouldn't be. But uh, you're out there. You're on a ranch and horse fly and just kind of down the road um, because it's only a couple hours to Kamloops or thereabouts. Um, Amanda Self pops up and you start taking reining lessons, correct? You betcha. Yeah. So in Saskatchewan, I did uh, 4-H. We did everything. Like my brother was big into roping and uh, we, I did a little bit, but mainly just all around showing and jumping and everything. And then when we moved out to, to Horsefly, there was Rodeo Town and there wasn't a whole lot for anything but. And um, Amanda actually is from Williams Lake. And so my kind of went uh, the summer just doing my thing and riding my horses out on the ranch. And, and my mom could see that I wanted to get back into something a little more serious. And so she, I don't know how she stumbled upon Amanda, but uh, went in. And I, I didn't really know much about reining at that time, but Amanda was my foot in the door. So I started taking just lessons from her and she got me hooked. And, and uh, that was that in like up, up at William Lake still, or, or sorry, Lake. Horsefly still. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we drove into town, which is Williams Lake, for lessons. Okay. Yeah, no, we would. But, my, well, yeah, that was, a, yeah, we, we did it the hard way. Like, you know, we just had horses and learned and kind of built our way up. I had a Peppy Sand daughter, probably one of the last ones. Yeah. And she, uh, whew, she was a tough cookie, but got her shown. And, and uh, yeah, no, my parents were great. We lived an hour from town. So on um, Monday morning, mom would, uh, we'd take the truck and trailer into town with my horse and you could keep him in at the stampede grounds there. You had to look after him yourself. So all week we'd go in before school, mom would drive with me. She worked in town and we'd look after my horse and I'd go to school after school. I'd walk down, ride my horse, do a lesson with Amanda, do my chores. Mom would pick me up. We'd drive an hour home. And then Fridays we'd have to bring my horse home because you didn't go to town on the weekend. So you know, it wasn't just like walk in the heated barn and uh, climb on uh, your slicked out horse. Like we, be a, l- a little bit committed. It was a, a little bit, yeah, a, on, a on all accounts between yeah. everybody, you know, my parents. And Amanda would haul me around, you know, when you're out there. We'd go show uh, Vancouver Island and Chilliwack and come to Alberta. And Amanda tag me along so my parents, you know, you're ranching. So they can't just be gone all the time, calving season and haying season. And so I was her kind of sidekick for a long time, so... And is it fair, like Amanda, I think I see this and I believe I've heard this, like when the show's done, you go. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Is <laughs> it so, so like that back then? Oh yeah, yeah, no, 100%, yeah, you go and uh, go the whole horse show and then yeah, like when that last horse is done, the rest are already in the trailer and uh, there is no time, there's no Load time. Load up and roll. Oh yeah, yeah. you go. Oh, yeah. uh, Dave probably doesn't know, he's looking a little bit new when you talked about Williams Lake. Uh, Reputation town. Oh, yeah. Re- rep- hey, <laughs> reputation. You, you don't think I know Williams Lake? I lived you, in Kitimat, Ron. All right. I, okay. I, I, I got okay. friends from Williams Well, Lake. Kitimat wasn't the cowboy this. Williams Lake, though. No, that's true. If There's you've no, been, you ever been there for the Kitimat. Williams Lake suicide race, you'd get more of a feeling. Yeah. Kitimat might be pretty rough and tumble, pretty ready-made. And, and, you know, but when you want cowboy country and you want some uh, <laughs> yippee-yay-yay, maybe a little rum drinking... You want to see the Williams Lake Stampede. Oh, yeah. But uh, anyway, that's it. Uh, that's you got so any stories from the Stampede? I'm guessing. Well, you- mm, probably can't talk about um, just because I was only in high school kind of when we moved there. I, I got out, <laughs> out pretty fast, so I wasn't exactly of legal drinking age when I lived there. But <laughs> uh, we went to a couple Stampedes, yes, and uh, 
thoroughly enjoyed it. But yes, yeah, good yeah. for you. That enough said, right? Yeah. And we'll move on from there. Oh, these all life experiences have contributed to your career. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As you went through that, you ended up kind of morphing into a kind of an assistant trainer job. So obviously you came, and which was my guess, as I watched you ride the show, you had some skills long before you went to the reining horses. And, uh, but you started training at that time and, and really developing. Uh, you went down to Texas for a little while? Yeah, so, well, uh, between Horsefly and Texas, um, spent some time in Kamloops, moved down there, and uh, went to university. I'm a university dropout. Did All right. A couple couple, three years there, and I worked for Les Timmons for a while, actually, in the cutting and cow horse stuff. Worked for Les, did the university thing, um, taught lessons to pay my way through school, so lots of, lots of riding lessons to all kinds of kids on all kinds of horses, and then, um, yeah, just kind of, um, how did I get to Texas? Oh, Brad Giesbrick, sure. Saskatchewan, born and raised. Yep. <laughs> he came up for a clinic and he he offered me a job and I was kind of like oh no I got to go to school I got to be smart about all this and then did some school and went oh no this is way too formal and called Brad and he said come come down I got a job for you so I packed up and went to Texas for a little while and uh, was there not long and then uh, my now wife Sarah she came down we were already dating so she got to move down there. Brad found her a job at a breeding barn. So we spent a year in Texas, and she did the breeding side, and I did the training side, and thoroughly enjoyed it. Wow. Yeah. That's a great opportunity. Brad's such a nice man. Yes. Such yeah. a yeah. And like you say, uh, where you can't go wrong. He's from Saskatchewan. Oh, yeah. He's got the right passport. Yep. So I'm going to back up the bus. I got a question for you. You worked for Les. Was that when Les was in uh, Kamloops? Yep. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. You betcha. Yeah, it worked for Les. So I started with Les. Um, I moved to Kamloops, and then they were looking for a loper to come over to the Supreme, it would have been. Sure. And I was like, I can lope a horse. And uh, so Les picked me up in his semi, and we drove in silence all the way to Red Deer from Kamloops. <laughs> <laughs> First time I ever met the guy, you know, oh, kind of thing. Oh, okay, and yeah, yeah. I'm sure he didn't know who I was. And right. We drove to Red Deer, and they put me to work, and, and then... Uh, we went home and I was like, I'm never doing that again. Like, never gonna ride a cutting horse after you ride reining horses, you know. And then, uh, then he needed help at Calgary at the fraternity, so I was like, Well, I need money, so hop back. And no, th at that point, then Les said, Well, here, take your own truck and trailer. So I drove. Second time I met the man, drove to Calgary and loped for him there, and and then we went home and kind of went through the winter. And then I think the next year they were looking for help, and and uh, I was of drinking age at this time, so I really needed money. And uh, so I went to work for Les. And I thought you said you were of drinking age, so I went and was <laughs> lived with Les. Right, yeah, right, right. logical. Well, yeah, Les had some pro tips for me. <laughs> you know, something like that. Yeah. So Go yes. to school, Mom. I don't know how long. I, not not too long, but a, a while I worked there. And did you stay long enough? To, I don't want to interrupt you, but did you stay long enough so you could get a conversation with him? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah every now and then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, we yeah we had fun there. It was kind of in that little valley up on the hill in Barnhart Vale, working in the hot friggin' desert sun up there on the hill, and we yeah. we worked like dogs and but learned a lot. You know, so it's, it's all worth it. You know, it's yes. it's great. Everyone's got to do it if you want to do this kind of job for the rest of your life. Like you look back there and what'd you learn? Um, what did I learn? Well, you know, 
baby powder because your butt's going to get raw when you're riding out there all day. I mean, it's just well, honesty and you just, yeah. you go and you just don't think and you take care of horses and, and, uh, you know, you just get on them and try to make a little bit of change every day on each horse and, and hope for the best at the end, you know, you're kind of, uh, when you're doing kind of the fundamentals are the same, the yeah. objective it in is a different yeah. end production. But I think also what, uh, what, what I heard him say that he learned, Dave, he liked riding horses. Yeah, he, yeah. he said, I, I compared them to riding cutters, and he said, I liked riding horses. And I, and I, I want to know, because, like, I don't know. Yeah. What, what it, like, yeah. you, you were very clear, like, the reining was the way to go. Why? Um, well, you, so growing up, like, chasing cows, right, working with cows, and I, and I do like it, like, I, I really do, and, uh, but, you know, for me, they're just, you know, when you're counting on your horse, I'm kind of a perfectionist, or I really am. And uh, I don't know so that you can kind of, you are. You are. I mean, that's what I was laughing about too, Dave. He's kind of going, I'm, I'm kind of, and I'm thinking to myself, I ran some old video through yeah. my mind, and I thought, no, he is. Yeah, yeah I've been yeah. told I'm a little bit anal. It's like, you're, you are or, or you're, you're not. not. Yeah, yeah no. he's, Okay, so you're a bit, a bit, you're a bit, bit of a perfectionist. Bit of, okay. You're all in. Buddy. I'm all in. So when I, so when I kind of get prepared, get my horse prepared, get myself mentally prepared, and, and I go in that show pen, you know, I want I need to count on my horse. So if I have to count on my horse and a cow, mm-hmm. that just, that kind of blows my brain. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of blows my brain. So, and I, I like to just be able to just take a hold and just be in control. And there's that moment. There's a lot of moments in that cow work that see, you're not. See, Dave, what he did was he went to school, post-secondary school long enough to learn the word, control a number of variables that are out there. Right. And he said, okay, reining horses I can deal with. Yeah. Just well, don't yeah. want the cows involved in this. And I get that. That's logical to me. I felt like the way that you had said it, oh. that there might be a specific difference between a reining horse and a cutting horse that you like the difference of. Yeah, so, like, I mean, cutting, like, you're, and I don't mean this to be disrespectful at all, but, you know, cutters... They just warm, physically warm up very differently than the reining horses. You know, you just let them warm up and kind of kind of get mentally themselves just just kind of comfortable so they're ready to go work a cow. Mm-hmm. But you don't muck with them. And, you know, as reiners, we get on and we're like, pick, pick, pick. And this has to go here and this here. So to get on a cutter and, you know, and like half the time you're in a halter. And they're like, just, just let them lope for a while and kind of get ready. And, uh, and you're like, but, I, you know, they're, they're looking to the outside. It doesn't yeah. matter. But, but it makes sense because that's not their job. You know, their job is to work a cow. And you want them to be kind of mentally, I, I think, you know, to look out for themselves. Because, you know, especially a cutting horse, like when you show a cutting horse, you know, you have your legs. But that's it. You know, they have to kind of take control, right? And a reining horse, they are never allowed to take control. They need to just be obedient all the time. So it's very different, you know, very, very different. It is. It's yeah. very, very different. I mean, I come from a from a rain cow horse background. My wife shows cutters. Uh, I'm I'm watching you trying to explain this, and I'm going, "He should come down any day." That happens in my house. <laughs> that same discussion. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it is. It's it is completely different. But there's a lot to be learned, as, oh. as Dave pointed out. You know, you you learn a lot about it, and there's a lot of similarities. Well, and back then, Les did a lot of cow horses. Like we had a lot of cow horses, yep. so that was more my thing. Yep. You know, I didn't do much for the cutters, but um, so I didn't do a lot with cows. It was more the dry work for the the rain cow horses which is which is similar very 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 similar, similar. Yeah, very yeah. similar yeah yeah so. any appeal but even just in the last you know since that was what 
I want to say 10 years, but everything's 10 years ago, 15 years ago, a lot's changed in that world too, right? And the, yeah. the Rainers were really making a transition. And, and you can see now when you watch, you know, the cow horses are, there's a lot of similarities They're, in the cow horse reining yeah. and the reining reining now. Yeah. But well, 15 years ago, maybe not. Obviously, you're a good student because I, I, you've been watching the, the trends and, and watching things change. And it certainly has. It's, it's moving along. But we got, we got you in Texas, you and Sarah. Mm-hmm. How do we get you back? Well, I'm going to sound like an alcoholic on my stories, but <laughs> we're, in, we're in Tulsa, in Tulsa at a raining show, and, uh, and Paige Olson Lauder, yes. so George and Gail Lauder's daughter, was riding with us, Brad and I, at the time. She had a, a three-year-old, and so George came to watch flies down. <clears throat> they used to spend a lot of time in Texas, the Lauders, right? They have a property there. So they're in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the horse show, and we're having a Budweiser. And uh, George said, well, what are you going to do when you're done here? You know, are you staying down here? I said, no, we want to we go home, back to Canada, be close to family. And, and uh, he said, well, you know, Greg just hung up his spurs. He's fishing. You know, we, we need someone to come so that then that's how we landed in Cochrane because you know we're we're both from Saskatchewan we met in Kamloops Sarah and I so we've never lived in Alberta uh, Sarah lived in Fairview for a while but I've never lived in Alberta so that's how we ended up in Cochrane was George and Gail asked us to come and and run their property so that's how we ended up here well it it appears that that was a very wise decision that was it, it a game changer huge for us yeah it, no it, it was it was a setup and uh, you know, good facility, good horses. They already, you know, some of, some of Greg's clients. When that change happened, they they found new facilities, new trainers. Um, some kind of wanted to stay in the area, so you know, it wasn't like they just handed over thirty horses. And, you know, we that first winter we starved. You know, like we we had to work. But George and Gail had a couple of nice horses, and uh, and uh, that was a that was big for us. Yeah. Well, what I observed uh, was. You built a business. Mm-hmm. You built a business there, and you built it on your basically your work ethic, your reputation, and uh, I don't. Th- there's no shortcuts, as you know, in, in the business, and I you didn't try to take any. All the reports, Austin, from your customers, folks that have that committed a horse to you, you got the good report card. You know, you you delivered. And uh, so that, that was an excellent decision. And over time, uh, George and Gail had some very nice horses, mm-hmm. as you mentioned. And for my mind and my money and what I saw, you did a great job on them, too. Yeah, no, that was great. That was really you good. Know, it was a good partnership. Yeah, yeah, it was very good. <clears throat> it was good. They, um, they were really fair to us. You know, like when we rented that place, we had a, we bought a house in town. And, uh, so, but you know, Sarah and I, we were both out there. I mean, Sarah was nursing at the time when we first moved back here, she's a nurse. And, uh, when she wasn't taking care of people, she was taking care of horses, you know, helping me. So it definitely wasn't, you know, a one man show that's for sure. And, and we had great help along the way. Like, you know, you really count on that Colton Wong. (laughs) He, he worked for us for a long time and oh man, he saved us a lot. So, and, and good clients, you know, they become your friends and, and help out along the way. I mean, I remember some, like one time we got off the, the plane in Arizona, <clears throat> going to a horse show and phone call, there's no water, everything's frozen. You know, it's March and it's like minus 30. And <laughs> so you, thankfully you have good clients that step up and would come and fix that for you because yeah. you're not there. And, 
So no, that's it's definitely not a one one guy thing. You know, yeah. it takes a lot of good people and a lot of good horses too. And having customers that appreciate that and want to have good horses. I, I was I was uh, mentioning to Ron earlier about you know sort of my my first um, coming to know you was through the Wong family. Um, <coughs> you know, some of those curtain photos, right? And, and I'd import the photos afterwards and I got all kinds of special treats from the boys. Like, you must have some stories about like oh, just gosh. things that those guys did. I mean, did you got any that you'd tell or? Yeah, no, <clears throat> like it's all pretty pretty mild stuff, I think. We just have, you know, they're, they're a great family and yeah, truly. And uh, yeah, it's, it kind of makes me feel real old now, like talking about them because they're all over the world, right? Doing their thing mm-hmm. and, don't see him as often. Colton, Colton's living back in Calgary. He's um, him and his wife. Wife, yeah, that's so. Yeah, how about say. that? Right, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What a subtle change. I, I remember when they kind of started like looking at each other, and I was <laughs> yeah. bugging him, you know, and it was all awkward. And now they're shacked up. But um, yeah, no, I can't think of any like major stories. I mean, yeah, we we had a lot of fun. Played a lot of paintball. Shot a lot, shot a lot of beer cans out back when the when it was the days were done. That didn't happen very often, but no, Colton worked hard. All the boys worked for me at one point, but uh, Colton worked for me for a long time, and he he can uh, do chores like no one else. He's a he's a country boy, that one. Oh, that's, that's just a great thing. I, I think that's always the <clears throat> tribute, though, to, to uh, your work ethic and their work ethic, and great combination, but I, I've been amazed at uh, focus. You probably don't think I do, but I watch a lot when I'm at a raining. And I've watched your, uh, I watched you juggle all the facets of your life. And I'm always amazed at that. So you've got a lot of customers. You've got lots of customers. You seem to have a great, easy rapport with them. You know, it's all, like, some of it's based on fun. But, boy, it's, it's the real deal. When that gate swings and your number's called, you ride in and it's all about business. Well, and I'd, I'd comment to that, Ron, because you know when one of your customers goes into the oh. arena. Because the... The noise level in the arena goes way up. I mean, you got a supportive crew, mm-hmm. right? It's it's amazing. Yes, it is. That and that's too true. And then I see, you know, a couple hours later, things that you, and there you are with your family. You've got three children, mm-hmm. right? And I, I don't know, the oldest one's like in school. She's eight. Yeah, she eight. just turned eight, and the twins are five, five and a half. Yeah, and so then we got <clears throat> we got the coach. Then we got dad. And then an hour later, I'm looking at my sheet, and you're up. Yeah. Draw number four, maybe. And now we got Austin Seeloff, the competitor. And, I mean, that's a big day, buddy. That's a big day. But uh, the thing I see is you seem pretty adept at all of them. So, you know, good for you. Thank you. We'll, we'll look at um, – so sometimes I'll ask a question. I'll say, so what's maybe your biggest – for most, your biggest success so far. And what I'm first going to do is exclude your wife and family. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be, the, that'd be yeah. the cheap answer. How right? long have you been married, Ron? Yeah. 30? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Smart guy. <laughs> um, well, I think like one of the biggest things would just be, like you talked about earlier, our business. You know, when you kind of like, at the end of the day sometimes, or halfway through the day, and you're like, holy cow, like how am I going to get, I got like, six more horses to ride and two lessons and like, you know, and then we got a podcast to get to, you know, like, yeah. you're like what are you, how am I going to get through the day? And then you're like, why did I bite all of this off? 
And then you think back and you're like, man, I remember, you know, loping horses out in the sun and thinking, man, one day I want to have my own place, you know? Yeah. And it just takes a lot of work, right? Like it, yeah. and, and just bear down, you know, you have a bad ride, you have a bad conversation with the client, anything happens, right? And you're like, you know, you kind of want to just throw in the towel and go. But I think the biggest thing would be our business. And then you just kind of look back and you have highs and lows through, you know, you, you have a good rides on a horse and it turns into a, a great horse and then someone else wants it, you know, and you yeah. got to sell it for your client. You know, yeah. we don't have a bunch of clients that own corporations. Like, the, you know, we don't have a bunch <laughs> that can just be like, yeah, I got 100000 to go buy another one. You know, we don't have that right. typically. So we, our business is typically, you know, producing horses that have been raised by our clients showing them and selling them and and then you sell those horses and you kind of look at the barn and you're like hey you know who's who's the next one or who's the next set of horses and it can be a little bit daunting and uh, but then you kind of think back like you know there's there's been a lot you know we've only been here for 11 years here being Alberta and you look back you know 11 years goes fast and there's a lot of horses in between, you know, that, yes. those 11 years that have come and gone. And, and it's all part of the industry, right? You want to put those horses back in the industry and, and you kind of see them down the road and it's a good feeling. So that, that's my biggest accomplishment. So I, I was hearing it. You've kind of oh, circled oh, around. Amanda it. Self. Oh, Amanda Self. Amanda Self is here? Yeah. Well, oh. hello, Amanda. Yeah, I can yeah. hear me. Uh, can you hear? Oh, yeah. Okay, here we are, yeah. yeah. Welcome, welcome to the show, Amanda. We're, we're here with uh, Ron and Austin, and uh, you've already been uh, come up in conversation. We've heard about you uh, um, up in Williams Lake. I know you're not from Horsefly, but uh, we, we've, we've heard some stories, but we're, we're super happy to have you on the line here. Well, great. Thanks a lot for having me along for the ride. And, and we said all nice things so far. We've said all nice things. Uh, yeah, sure. We wanted to get you live <laughs> and then really start in on you. You're... <coughs> latest horse that really was a standout for me and maybe i'll ask for you north sail solitaire mm-hmm. I, I mean there there's a horse that you got into your program late and got some pretty spectacular results is that oh, not yeah. fair yep i I'm, I'm assuming you were happy with that oh yeah no he's a great horse and uh it's pretty cool because i still get to ride him some Get to show him every now and then, <clears throat> the old boy, even though he's not that old. But uh, no, the, the Whitmarsh family. Yes. Yep. They raised that horse right here in Cochrane. And uh, yeah, I didn't get him until he was four, but a uh, lot of success with him. He was, a, he was a game changer for sure, that one. He's such a talented horse and, and, and great owners, you know, and that makes a big difference. Um, just having that support and they, they take such good care of their, their stock there and uh, they really look at bloodlines and, and they're, they're really breeding horses now. You know, like he was the start yes. and uh, they have a bunch more coming down the pipe. So I'm looking forward to working with them. What's well, exciting. Uh, it, it, I, I just noticed it uh, probably on the, uh, on of course, everybody's go-to Facebook. Uh, I noticed that you were uh, in Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. NRHA, ancillary classes and uh which one of the girls showed and so jade the jade, youngest yeah yes youngest of two yeah so jade <clears throat> jade and i both showed cruise yeah poor guy yeah he yeah. had to work hard down there but uh no she she did good and then really we got it together right at the end you know like it was good all week and then in that shootout they did which was really exciting they did this yeah. year in the coliseum yes uh, three-way runoff, 
and she was, I think, third in the runoff. <clears throat> so we kind of knew what she had to do, and, and uh, he was tired, you know, by then. But he's a show horse. You know, he just, that was the best he showed all week. He was oh, like, great. hey, if the, if the last one wasn't good enough, I'll do it better. You know, he was really good. And it was just the atmosphere. Like, her sister, Brooke, showed uh, uh, Alberta horse, too, <clears throat> her little gun and whiz horse. And uh, she was, I think, top five or ten in all of her classes all week. Like, she, yeah. consistency, she nailed it out of the park that week. You know, we had a goal going down, and she she hit it. But, I mean, the other thing is, like, those girls are in university, and, uh, you know, I hauled the horses down. Mom and dad were down there to help me unload. And there was, I mean, it's just kind of like a planes, trains, and automobiles kind of yeah. story. And, yeah, it was fun. I mean, I, I, I'm just wondering if this is the kind of horse that you could ride a freestyle on. Because, Amanda, you know of other horses that Austin's ridden freestyle on. Would you suggest that this? Amanda would always suggest a freestyle. Well, I- oh, absolutely. Yeah, maybe maybe I've changed my tune a little bit about the freestyles. Uh, just uh, they're pretty incredible, but it definitely uh, takes the right horse to do it. And Austin and I have learned that as we've gone all the way to Oklahoma to find out that we kind of used up our freestyles in BC. But um, yeah, it's uh, well, certainly tell me more. fun. Tell me more. Oh, yeah, sure. you got to hear this story. This is a good. Come on, Amanda, spill it out. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, uh, you know we were new to the freestyles and we had a, we had two pretty um kick-ass uh, routines and we did them the entire year in bc and then we qualified to go to oklahoma and so we decided to go to the big main arena for the uh freestyle and it wasn't invitational at that time but um still a pretty big deal and both of our horses were pretty dang naughty and it was pretty embarrassing that's a nice way to put it <laughs> amanda well, amanda you can only imagine that the facial expressions that Austin was making as you started to tell his story. He's going, <laughs> is there any possibility that I can erase this from my mind? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, prob- he probably would have been okay if I didn't bring that up on the podcast. No, uh, I've tried to erase it from my memory as well. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty mild. Uh, it was pretty well, mild. Well, yeah. Am I am I incorrect or correct? If I turned my dial back, my time machine dial back, and I'm in the announcer stand at the Armstrong reigning, mm-hmm. it's a hot deal. We're on the infield of the rodeo grounds. Did you not do a topless freestyle? No, no, I <laughs> <laughs> never topless. Okay, topless. never topless. Was it close? No. Armstrong, I actually switched up the routine the the rest of the year. So we got Kamloops, we got Prince George, we got Winnipeg, we got wherever else, Vancouver, Victoria. I did uh, I'm Too Sexy in a, in a white muscle shirt. Yes, I did that. Yeah. All right, good. I, feel- like, I have the most supportive parents, the most supportive best friend that just phoned in. Yes, yes. I don't know why they let me do that. You know, like <laughs> the word intervention comes to mind. Well, doesn't was it? it your idea? Like, it like was. yes, Austin, you should do that. Well, I don't know if it was that positive, but there wasn't. I don't remember any <laughs> negative feedback. 
but there was there was no negative feedback. There no you negative. were 16 and everybody thought you were hot. Yeah, I guess is that so. how Sarah saw you doing I'm too sexy? Is that how it worked out? Or no, she, I think she heard room. <laughs> Luckily, this was before like oh. live video feeds and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I've never supposedly Terry Griffin has like a copy of this somewhere, oh. but oh. we've Ho- never seen it. Hopefully, she can't find it. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Huh? I don't know. It was. Oh. It, I mean, we won a lot. I still have like quite a few trophies around our house on that oh, that perfect. horse. He was good. We did our bridalist. We 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 used her all up that summer, and then yeah, we showed up in Oklahoma City, and he was done. Tank was done. Huh? Yeah. Tank was empty. You <laughs> yeah. weren't too sexy. Yeah. He uh, was well, like uh, no. Well, well, he might have been, but uh, Austin still had the white muscle shirt. But, oh. oh boy, that that's a great story. Educational stuff. Everything's educational. Yeah. Very educational. Well, yeah. I was wondering. You learn from it. I, I was wondering, Amanda, like that, like the the young Austin when you sounds like you got to know him when he was still just just a just a pup. So, like, when did yeah. you know that he was going to be on this path to becoming a trainer? And you know, we haven't even talked about it yet, but you know, president of uh, reigning Alberta. Like, did you know early that this was the path that he was going to be on? I think so. Yeah. He, uh, you know, it was a you know, thing to run. He had you know, really taken just some kind of some ranch horses that were pretty nice and started showing on them and, and then, you know, got a pretty hot little red horse that, you know, was cowbred and, and started doing some stuff with her. And very quickly, he, you could really see that he had a feel for it and he was very good with, you know, multiples of different kinds of horses. And yeah, I, I think it was, pretty neat for him for that break to go down to texas and get out into that bigger picture and and i'm very impressed with how fast and how big his career has gotten and and it's pretty exciting and yeah you never know where it's going to go exactly but there was a pretty good feel of that right when he was a teenager he he was he was quite a hand how about that serious serious spotlight on you Mm -hmm. nice thing about it (laughs) yes it's it's not the freestyle. No, there's some really nice things about the what I see, and I think probably what I see when I watch a show, and I see a lot of focus. Like you are, you admitted earlier that, that you're a bit of a perfectionist, a little bit of a. <laughs> how about you're all in there, but you are all focus, are you not? Yeah. Like, I mean. I think you have to. I think. It, you know, you described earlier about, you know, kind of juggling, like wearing many hats, yes. right, at the show, yep. the horse shows. And, well, Amanda failed to tell you. <laughs> no good. <laughs> but I learned from the best. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, Amanda <laughs> used to, and maybe still dabbles, but a lot of cattle penning, jumping. Like, she's, yeah. this is a well-rounded yes. individual yes. that we were talking about. Like, yes. she's not just the reigning that Multi-dimensional we see. equestrian. Yeah. And you're talking like <laughs> hard work. I, I remember being a teenager and being like, spring break, I'm going to go ride at Amanda's for, because now she's moved to Camelot's, right? So this is like to go for a lesson is like a four hour drive. So I'm going to go spend a week and I'd come home and my parents would be like, what in the hell? Because like no one works harder, right? Than Amanda. So you're like, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with her for the week. And you are hair straight back. And you might be like, riding 12, 14 horses, and then quick, we got to load the trailer, and now we're going to go work cows, or now we're going to go jumping, or now we're going to go do this, and then you come back, and, and then there's legs to wrap, and there's horses to butte, and they're, you know, like, make sure everyone's good for the night, and, like, 
yeah, you, you learn how to take care of a horse when you hang out with a Madison. All right. All right. There's so then, then there's that when you go to the horse show, you know, and you got your clients and you're doing that and then it's your turn to show and you're like, this is when you're, you know, taking off your jeans and putting on your English riding clothes and you're running to jump in the truck to get to wherever you go. You know, like you yep. got to just, yep. there's yep. no wasting time. Change the dial. Change the dial. Change the yep. dial. Change it instantly. Oh, yeah. Lock it on. Wow. Did you well, know you were working them that hard, Amanda? I did not. Very, very sorry. <laughs> no. <it's, laughs> everyone. Now, hold it. No, just a minute. Just a minute. I got to interrupt here. Amanda, there's to be, we're trying to minimize the lies we tell on this. <laughs> and I think you just fibbed right there. <laughs> when you, oh, I'm very sorry. You are like hell. <laughs> okay, I may have lied about it a little. <laughs> that is, that is what Austin's focus brings to it is his ability to like I think that that's been possibly my downfall in one sport is your ability to stay focused and concentrate on that one sport and and that I think that's taken you to that rise to the top and it and it's really cool and that you know I know that you're out there at you know three in the morning making sure that horse is clay and wrapped if it needs to be and and that and I respect you that you you've done so well with that stuff and and it looks good on you and I am super proud of you. Thanks, buddy. All right, all yeah. right. Well, you too. We got the horse deal covered. We got the family deal covered. What are we looking at when we talk about President Austin Seeloff? Like you jump in, you're a volunteer with the major reigning association here in Alberta. And I'm thinking not just one term, but it, no, we're going like this yeah. might be the seventh, sixth, seventh year. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like a little like background. Yes. How, you know how I ended up in this position. Tell so, us. so you know the Open Rider Clinic. Yes. I do every year, right? Bring up a yep. trainer from the states, and I'm on the board at this time, and <clears throat> it's lunch break, and we do the AGM, and then we're having the little directors meeting after. And I look out the window and everyone's riding and I'm the only rider not riding. And I, I turned to Kathy and I'm like, I, I gotta go. And they're like, hey, we just need to elect. <laughs> no one will be president. And I was like, I just paid 500 bucks for this. Right. And I'm a broke ass horse trainer. So right. like, I want every minute I'll be president if I can go. Okay. Uh, yeah. Something like it's not that bad, right? I'm just thinking like I want to ride. Like I don't remember who was down there that year. Maybe Jordan. Right. I don't know who it was, but I'm like I want to learn stuff. So I will, and I can't get out. And, and now no. <laughs> Wait. And then, and then then and then Amanda was like, No, Austin, don't do that. No, no, you do it. You know, like that, that supportive friend group was like, No, yeah. no, you're fine. She was riding. Oh, she was. She was, riding. Riding. She, she she was down know. there. She's I'm down there enjoying and that. Uh, that clinic. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, gentlemen, in true true fashion, um, I'm just finishing my lesson here, got a little chat, and now I have an AGM for our rating group. So I probably better let you guys go. And uh, I had a lot of fun being on podcast, and thank you so much for including me. We're coming. We're having you back, Amanda. Maybe you'll step up now and maybe you'll be president of the association AGM you're going to. Huh? Sure, she has been many times. Yes, I know. I th I oh, maybe, a re like maybe a repeat. Yeah. Maybe a repeat. <laughs> well, thank you, Amanda. 
Thank you so much, you guys. You have a great evening. Thank you. Bye, buddy. Okay, bye bye. But great story of being president. Mm -hmm. Great story of being president. But yeah, wouldn't was, change it. Yes, yeah. that's. I kind of got a sense that you're in this for the betterment. You're willing to make the sport better, Austin. Uh, is that is well? That I think what? as as a trainer, you know, you have to at some point, and and I think it's good, you know, to help see those changes and who better to help guide the the sport in in our province in Western Canada than the people that are in it every day. You know, that's how I yes. make my money. You know, how I keep the roof over my family's head and food on the table. And so, you know, when we have, you know, people that own horses that don't compete, we have lots of amateurs that ride with us. We all, all the facets of it, right? So it's, we kind of bring it all to the table. And so since I've come on, you know, we have a few other trainers or trainer spouses on the board, and I, and I think it, it makes a big difference. I think it's important, you know? I, we appreciate every board member, don't get me wrong. Everyone has something to bring to the table, and I think that's what you want in a board, but I think you definitely need a couple horse trainers on there. And I, I'd point out, too, um, the, the whole reason this podcast for me exists is because Raining Alberta, I, I don't know if people know, but that was our very first show, 2009, Spring Classic. We covered for a friend, but you know, in that time, you know, like raining Alberta is just, it's near and dear to my heart. So, you know, you look at what we just went through with the pandemic and yet like 2021, look at your shows. Mm -hmm. I mean, the number of yes. people who are, who are raining and you can't deny that, you know, you, and it sounds like some other trainers too, who have been a part of that. Like I, I could be wrong, but it seems to me like the raining world is going well and raining Alberta is doing great. Very well. Yeah, no, I can't complain. And and it's appreciative, right? Like, I mean, really, when you think Rainy Alberta, you have to think Kathy McKenzie. You know, like, she she bears the weight of the club, for sure. You know, and she has it in, like, that that she lives and breathes Rainy Alberta. You know, and we can't, really. And, uh, you know, all the directors definitely have a spot and help out. But, you know, president is... Pfft, <laughs> <laughs> well, don't dismiss it, but I think but, the yeah. philosophy that you bring is so refreshing. The fact that you're, you know, you're wanting to make it better, you want to give back, you've got the uh, kind of the exposure from all the different facets of the industry. Mm -hmm. So when you go to the board meeting, you can reflect that on and, and help people make changes and, and tinker and, and uh, move, the, uh, move the competitions around to where they are relevant for today. Yeah. I think that's so critical. But uh, as well, very sharing of you to acknowledge your executive people that are the continuity behind it all. Mm -hmm. that, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just a big idea guy. I'm like Dave, you know. I get a big idea and then I, I need people to do yeah. it, right? <laughs> Preach, brother. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's, that's all right. We're having a little yeah. revival like, here, this, right? This needs to change, but who, who's gonna change yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, right. Because it's not me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know how, how, how you should do it. Yeah. You, you just need to do this. Yeah. So listen yeah. close to me because I can only, I only got a few minutes to tell you this once. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, so you're, you're a young guy. I think Ron was estimating your age. And I, How old are you now? Three. I'll be 33 right away. All right. So, yeah. I mean, you're, you, you know, as Amanda said, super proud of you. You're young. Like, you haven't peaked too early. I mean, you're already president. <laughs> I know you're dismissing a president, but I'm just curious, like, where, where to next? I think the biggest thing for us is, like, I'm super happy with what we have here in Alberta. 
you know, with our, our clients and we have a lot of long-term clients, you know what? I've named some names so far, but like, you know, we have the Hepburns, you know, Janice Hepburn has been with us since the start yep. and she's a, a great friend <clears throat> and, uh, like family, you know, and, and out rider ranch, you know, I've ridden horses for him and he's, you know, my first futurity finalist, my only futurity finalist was with, uh, for the Outrider Ranch. And, and then the waters were there all the way through in the long, like I said, all those people. But I think next is we're really working on, you know, breeding good horses. Not, not so much us, like Sarah and I have a couple that we, we tinker with, but our clients, you know, breeding really good horses, producing them and, you know, getting out there on the big stage too. You know, the, every time you do well in Alberta, it's great. You know, that's our, continued thing you know we love that love going to montana idaho those shows but we want to keep going down keep mm -hmm. keep making the finals at the major events too and that's just kind of the icing on the cake right like all of it all of it's, it together it's, so that's, it's the way to grow yeah it's the way to grow isn't it yeah, well, yeah and if you play play in the big field play in the big pens everything improves yeah the uh, do, do you get a sense that um it in pandemic related and, and somewhat uh, travel related and all of that, that we've got a, a, a bigger appetite for Canadian made horses now. Are you seeing anything like that? No, but I, I think there's a big change in the breeding in Canada is that to be competitive, you know, you have to keep up with all of it. So I, I don't know about breeding within Canada because because it kind of goes both ways you know like a lot of the horses we sell end up going stateside you know yeah. and I think that's kind of just what we try to do is imagine there isn't that border you know we, right. we have to take into account you know <laughs> that there is a border there so we you know there's different a lot of the Americans don't understand GST you know when we sell a horse they don't they don't know what right. that is and just even the paperwork you know they're like well can't, can't you just bring that horse down here tomorrow well no you know <laughs> we got stuff to do yeah. so we we have to watch that but i try not to kind of envision american canadian but you know if you if you can't go down south and be competitive you really got to work harder you know but but you also need the good good owners and good horses you know it's not easy <clears throat> to get to that point but you know it's all you. I want to be successful everywhere I go, not just one arena. Yeah, and more where where I see in a lot in a lot of disciplines in the, in the uh, rain cow horse and in the cutting particularly with with the with a great uh, availability of ship semen. Mm -hmm. You can you can breed your mare right here in Cochrane, um, Edmonton, Sherwood Park. You can breed your good mare to a brand name stallion. Mm -hmm. And that's what I mean by Canadian yeah. bred horse. Yeah. And then, as you say, you, you're oh, yeah. developing it, and and then there are no borders. Right. Yeah. There are no borders to a good horse. Yeah. No, and and that's so true. Yeah. No, for sure. And that's and that's what I talked earlier about. Like our clients really try. You know, we typically don't have the clients that have the money to just go and buy them once they're on right. the ground. Because yeah. nowadays, I mean shit like yes it's yes. expensive like the, the horses have gotten very expensive so yeah breeding most of the horses that i show like you when you you know if you have the shows that show it show on the screen but the owner is the breeder you know most of the horses yes. that i show yes there's not yeah. a lot that weren't bred by the people that still own them because that's the only way we can do it um with the odd exception. So, yeah, yeah, but but then also, you know, like we had, like, North Sail Solitaire. He's just starting his breeding career. But, I mean, he's by Top Sail Wiz, you know, mm -hmm. and 
out of a great bloodline on the bottom side, the so mayor side. Gunner mayor? Gunner mayor, yeah. yeah. Gunner out of uh, uh, Hollywood Dunnett mayor. So, I mean, he's yeah. got a royal pedigree. He's a, yeah. been a great show horse, and he continues. You know, what, what horses keep showing for a trainer and a non-pro successfully, yeah. you know, and so I, I think, you know, yes, he's a Canadian stud, but he he's going to hold his ground against the, the Americans. He's, he's kind of established a, yeah. a, a, a worldwide recognition totally. or North America reputation uh, and continues to do so. Oh, yeah. But those are, uh, those are exciting times, I always think, for the kind of your prideful of Canadians. But we have the availability now of, of semen from all over uh, North America. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we've got some great studies right here that... that, that that you don't have to ship semen for. No, you, you, you mentioned that that's where you wanted to go. So like, do you see like a, a plan like that that's already in place or is that something that you, you know, you have to build? Like what, how do you accomplish that goal? Well, I mean, you, you never hold your breath, <laughs> you know, cause you have to keep working and, and you can't count on one horse or one owner, you know, and you, you learn that in this industry. Like there's a lot of good ones, but then you also, you know, they don't all work, right? Both horses and relationships with, with trainer and owner. Um, so you never want to kind of hold your breath, but you just, just, you know, you want to do right by the horses, right by your owners so that they will stick with you mm -hmm. and see that through. And it's a big expense, you know, when you get going down, especially when you only go with one or two horses. I mean, it's a big oh. bill to foot. <laughs> and so they, they got to have, you know, faith in you and, uh, and you got to be honest with them and, and make the right decision, you know? So I guess, <laughs> the plan going forward. No, I don't have like a master plan written out, but it's just that you got to kind of keep dabbling and, and keep going. And, and, you know, my wife shows and uh, so got to be supportive of her, keep her on good horses too. And, uh, and, and we have the odd horse coming up ourselves, you know, and hopefully some of those work out and, and then I don't have to always call on my customers, mm -hmm. you know, Hey, you know, we need to go down South. Like, you know, I got to, foot that bill every now and then too yeah. you know because it's all the process well and too i i think that if if we all adopt that mentality that you have of let's raise some better horses mm -hmm. let's raise some good horses let's develop them here if we all adopt that this is new to you dave but yeah. if if we explained to you if we said okay let's just use north sales solitaire for an example because there's a young he's a young stallion so he's just concluding his show career. He's kind of now he has a little bit of a reputation. So if he breeds a mare, he maybe he bred a mare in 2020. So 2021, it's a yearling. 2022, this year, it's going to be two. Somebody's going to be riding it, just riding it, just getting it used to a saddle, Dave. Mm -hmm. 2023, it's going to be a futurity horse. Maybe it does okay. Maybe it doesn't do okay. Who knows? 2023, everybody would be standing at the side of the fence, mm -hmm. staring at it. Oh, yeah. Staring at it, going, well, I don't know whether I want to take my good mare to North Sail Solitaire. Let's see how this three-year-old here does. This is one of his. 2024, it's a four. And now it's really starting to light things up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So in 2025, that person on the side of the fence takes their mare. That stallion's five years older now. Mm-hmm. Is that... Oh, yeah. That's how this works, Dave. Yeah. It's the long game, and that's what... Um, so good advice, don't hold your breath. I, I so agree with you. Don't hold your breath. But promote the fact that, you know, take your good mare, 
breed it the best way you can, and then hope for the best. Yep. There is no recipe. Long-term breeders are just that. They've been in the game a long yep. time, and, and they play the, the odds, and they hope to get the winners. And they, I mean, there's a lot of, not a lot, but there's amateurs that train their own horses, but most people don't. Right, and they rely on a trainer. And I think, I mean, this is going to sound a little biased because I'm a trainer, but if you look back at, you know, our clients that have done the best, they work with us. Yeah. You know, and, and it's yeah. coming, it's that business side of it. Yes, they're horses. We care about all of them, but they also all have their place, you know, and, and just because you bred it doesn't mean <laughs> it's going to be the next Wimpy's Little Step, right? Like we, and, and I think that's where a lot of people have a really hard time. Yeah. And I mean, we, I mean, we, saying Sarah and I, have bred a few horses, and I don't think really any of them have worked out yet, you know, really for what we want, I should say. Absolutely, Not that they yeah. haven't, but it's just, you know, I have one, one horse that just won the, I don't know what, I can't remember now, and it's bugging me, but um, like the American Rope Horse of the Year, you know, and that, that was bred by one of our clients. I showed it as a three-year-old, just wasn't cutting it as a four, I won money on it, but as a four-year-old, you know, and, and I had to call him and just say, listen, I'm sorry, but, you know, and he said, okay, well, let's go on to the next, you know, and let's just find her a new career. Well, now she's blazing, you know, right. and what, she's a rope horse. And, but you know what I mean? Even that, like, when I see that, I get those, and I'm like, shit, man, like, <laughs> that horse came, you know, but it was just making the right decision yeah. and, and having that relationship where financially, yes, it maybe didn't work out for my client very well. But, but at the end of the day, when I, when I made that call, and you know, we made that call, and he said, you know, what's our best option? I said, well, your best option is to no more reining for this horse, you know, and saved him money that route. And, and now that horse has a better career. And, and, lots of, and I think that's where a lot of people have a really hard time. And that horse is doing it for you, but you had the tough conversation. But you were honest enough to step up, tell the owner, here's where we are. Yeah. Even knowing that they're emotionally invested. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we're the same at, at our house, too. My wife has a broodmare. We breed this mare, and we raise, and uh, our breeding success was kind of spotty. And uh, then I think we just hit a home run. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think we hit a home run. That'll mean we'll do it again for another 10 years, but... Uh, it is. You have to have those tough conversations, and you have to decide. Okay, we have to stop here with this career, don't yep, we? Yep. Like you said, and and suddenly, horse turns out to be a star at something else, mm -hmm. and uh, that's just uh, that's responsibility. And uh, so good for you for making the call, and good for your owner in going. Okay, I appreciate that good professional advice. Yep. Would you say in today's competition world, me mediocre? or average just doesn't cut it. We I actually just said my this to my wife the other day we were riding and, and she was riding around it and it looked good. And she she asked me, how does this look? And I said, looks good. She said, just good? I said, remember that time we rode with Jordan Larson? And she said, yeah, what? I said, remember he said there's no point in practicing a zero? Yeah. She spurred her horse. <laughs> Went two gears faster. Cause it isn't, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean but but there's you know a big thing I think about our business and why it's been successful is is each everyone has different goals and everyone has different athletic abilities riders horses everything and it just what what's going to work best and you want all your people to do well and go win the class 
but you also, you know, there's those achievements. And I think that's one thing where a lot of people run into problems in the industry is, you know, they want every horse, every rider, you know, want them to do their best, you know, and, and then kind of seeing that and what's going to make it happen and those little goals. But yeah, no, definitely like in the, the big competition when you're trying to win, yep. win some money yeah. so, and consistently, yeah, mediocre just doesn't cut it anymore. And, and I mean, I speak from experience. I've read a lot of rode a lot of mediocre horses and we lots of guys my age buddies that I've talked with we're all talking boy can you imagine if we had to show that horse that we had so and uh, you know Dave asked you the great question he said you know where do you see yourself five years from now ten years so I'm gonna go I'm, I'm gonna turn the dial the other way and say what would you tell a 20 year old Austin Get a job. For, <laughs> with, no, with, with, oh, with, oh, don't work. Like, boy. Get a job. Get a job. Um, you know, when you're an assistant, you know, in all those positions, you know, I work for a few trainers, and uh, and sometimes I wish I would have done it longer, you know, but it, it was kind of one of those things where you had to kind of decide, like George and Gail just had, like kind of handed us this opportunity, and it was like, I don't know if we're ready for this, but, you know, can we turn this down? But, you know, go work with somebody and 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 I always say and we still talk about this and we try to learn from everyone but you'll either learn what to do or what not to do right and that's a big part of it I think and and just go work for people and and just I I think there's a lot of trainers in our industry that that kind of think they're above everybody else you know, and, and I think I made that comment earlier. Like sometimes we've had to foot the bill on the horse. Like I can't always rely on my customers to do it all and, and and make it work for everybody. You know, like we we don't have a big house, we don't have fancy vehicles, we don't that kind of stuff. Because you know, Sarah and I have a the same kind of dream, the same kind of goal, but we just got to make it work and and work hard at what you want and uh, and. You know, just through this pandemic too, right? Like Oof. we had some good horses and just, you know, you know, you couldn't travel, couldn't do horse shows. They're all a and year it, older now. And now, now they're two years older. Well, and we're like, what are we going to do? Because for our customers at that point, like we had some really good horses and it was kind of looking like the best option for them was to pull them and send them to stateside trainers. Yeah. You know, and then I'm looking around my barn going like... How are we going to keep the lights on, you know? And so we had to work really hard to figure out how to keep horse showing, you know, and how to keep that happening. But it was a lot. And, and I gave advice to a lot of people on how to, how to get stateside and do that kind of stuff. But it just, it was a lot of long nights figuring, you know, yeah. how to make it keep working. It was stressful. I bet it was. I bet yeah. it was. And, and, but counted on people too. You know, we have like the Futurity last year, Jesse Beckley hauled my horse and Jesse was awesome. Like, you know, he just looked after that horse and uh, so well for me. And, and I think that horse was like two weeks down the road before me and my client just having faith that it was going to work. <laughs> you know, this horse sitting down there and I'm right. up here. Yeah, and you're here, yeah. <laughs> and hoping I get down there kind of thing with COVID wow. tests and all that. So that was a lot, you know, to make it all happen, a lot of stress. But, uh, but you know, that's, you have to have those honest relationships and yeah. <clears throat> with your customers. And Well, I, I'm guessing. Th this has been, I don't know, I hope 
you're a little more relaxed than you were when you started. And you look totally at, relaxed. This is uh, this has been a, a great conversation, Austin. And I'd like to thank you so much for coming and, and joining Dave and I on the podcast. And I just I can tell you this: you've got a great philosophy. You're you're really clear. You're more than willing to share it with the two of us, and obviously you've shared it with your customers. So on behalf of uh, the exhibition and the podcast boys here, we wish you good luck, and I think you'll. Uh, You'll hit the home run every time. Thanks very much for being here. Thank you guys for having me. It was fun. Yeah, well, I'll be back again, Austin. Thanks so much. And uh, hey, great 22, right? All that other stuff that you just yeah. finished with, that's in the past. Oh. <laughs> Yesterday's news, Dave. Yesterday's news. Welcome back, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Austin. Boy, he was good. He was really yeah. good. I think that's so fun to find out a little bit about uh, his whole life. Yeah. And... What a bonus we had. The phone invoice. We did. That was, that was cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and we met, we thought it could happen. We didn't talk about it uh, before we went to the interview. But, uh, yeah, thank you, Amanda. I think she was on a horse and then took a quick break. Or she was probably sitting on a horse oh. while she was talking to us. But. She is such a personality. Yeah. She's just wonderful. Yeah, well, she had she had jammed in. She, had, she was working horses, yeah. doing lessons. And then she had a, a I think the... Uh, Western Canadian Reining Association, AGM, was oh, coming right. up. And yes. she shoehorned herself in there, yeah. took the time to call. What a bonus that was. So, hey, thanks, Amanda. Well, and I'm going to say two things about that. Like, one is that we're going to have Amanda uh, oh. as a guest because it's she is one of the funniest people oh. that I've come to know. And like it... It's awesome, and so I can't wait to have her on as as uh, her own episode, and maybe we'll bring Austin back so he can do, tell some stories. Do you think she's extroverted enough? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah I think I, th I think she'd qualify. Yeah, and then uh, now I've completely lost my train of thought, Ron. There was one other thing that I wanted to add about that, and now I about can't... the interview and the yeah uh, the something podcast? about Amanda talking in there. So I don't know. It's going to have to come back to me, but uh, um, we talked about it, and uh, and so before the friends link on the website where people could just right. you know contribute right. and it's, yes. it's, it, like think of think of the friends on our on that you click on the website that's as a gofundme except that we're not having to you know give the 10% from gofundme and we're not having <laughs> to have the restrictions of it so yeah no and the government they, won't freeze the funds they can't freeze our funds no. Ron, because no. i know they're on to you and that's that was well, my concern i have noticed increased surveillance yeah, yeah. 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 and uh, i was thinking well We'll we'll cover that often. Yeah, later so, podcast. But. So 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 the, go back there if you wanted to and and become a friend and just help us out. And um, you know you mentioned just before we went to the interview the part about the open horses. And I want to say that we're adding a opportunity. We have the early entry already on the website, but we're going to have a chance where it's specifically tell us the open horses that are coming because we want to have a list. And I know you want to do your research and, and know these horses and talk about them. We're going to talk about them on the podcast. So, so go to the website now if you're thinking right, you've you got go. an open horse. And again, yeah. you're not locked in, but you know we, we want to know who's coming, who's going to go and, after this $10,000. And you know what? Another thing that would be interesting, I just thought of this. I don't know whether it'll work or not, but Dave, yeah. like we've got the Facebook up and going, the, the exhibition on Facebook. So is, yeah. go to Facebook and just... Like I taught my wife how to search it out, okay? Yeah, yeah. And you got to go the exhibition. Of course. X-I-B-I-T-I-O-N. And put your comments on there of horses you'd like to see in the open. What about that? Yeah. Hey, yeah. so I was... 
I wondered if there's going to be some open horses that are coming outside of the reining because we talked uh, yeah, in your episode yeah, where yeah. there was uh, quite a bit of cow horse content. There was. I think there's going to be some. There's some great horses out there. Yeah. And uh, so it with a prize like $10,000, you got an open horse. It could, if it's a, if it's, if it's a cross dresser, we're okay yeah. with that. Come from the cow horse, from the reining, whatever. But if you've got a horse you'd like to see there, post it on Facebook. It, just throw it out there. Get everybody talking. Yeah, I think that's the key. I mean, we assume that because you know we've said it, everybody heard it. No, they haven't. So no. I believe what happens on the Facebook is that you know if if you mention it, then the more people who mention it, then the more likelihood that other people who haven't seen it yet are going to see it. And, and we, we definitely, we want people across the border to see it too, because we want them to come up and give it a go. Wide open. Yeah. We'd, we'd like to see it come. I'm really happy because I remember what I wanted to say about Amanda All right. and yeah. Austin's interview. I knew they were friends. I just didn't realize how close they were. And it's really cool that Amanda, you know, took kind of Austin under yeah. her wing, if you will. But I think now they're definitely peers. It's just such a cool relationship between the two. Well, they're so comfortable with one another. It, it, was, it was really neat. But I, I, I kind of had some idea that there was a, a, a relationship from, from their yeah. inner training business and such like that. And, of course, that, becomes, that was so clarified as we went through the interview with Austin. But, yeah, that was, that was pretty neat. And it's not always obvious. Like something that you've talked about in, in the cutting and the cow horse side of things, but let's, let's, especially in the cutting where you are competing against your, you know, as an open rider, you're competing against everyone's there, but, but you're, you're also there to help them, you know, wherever you can. And it's, so it's really obvious, and you've talked about that, but what was obvious to me through that interview is that as much as they're competitors, they're just supporters of each other, and I think there's probably a lot more that goes on there, in, that, in the reigning, and I look forward to learning more about it. Yeah, cool. there, there is, Dave. Yeah. It's a, and I, I think it's, it's all based, I, I believe it's all based on the premise that everybody recognizes how hard it is mm. to ride and show the horse at, a, at the level we're talking about. They don't want to compound it by being kind of segregationalist about it. Yeah. So I think one rider will help another rider just because they, they're all in this together like to get the best outcome, yeah. get the best athlete, get the best horse, get the best run, get the best whatever, mm -hmm. so that each horse and rider can be their best. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of trading goes on. There's lots of chats and visits in the, in the uh, warm-up pen. Mm -hmm. And uh, what do they do in the weekend or, you know, in the winter, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And to talk about the uh, couple of the rider clinic gets, to, uh, the trainer clinics and the get-togethers like that. And I want to mention it in this episode. There is one more sponsor. That is Jessica Turner from Rosefire Saddles. We know her as JT. She has oh, already you mean said that saddle girl. Yeah, she is. Yeah. She is a sponsor. Um, we just have to work out the details for it. And I was supposed to talk to Jessica oh. to yesterday, and it didn't happen. So I just didn't want to. I didn't want to make anything official. So I want to talk to her and see what's happening. But you can mm -hmm. anticipate that next uh, episode. We'll learn more about how Rosefire Saddle is helping us out. Oh, great saddles, Bob yeah. saddles, custom saddles, yeah. great equipment. Great lady. Yeah. Boy, you, you go there, you get knowledge right there. And then I also would like to um, just quickly say thank you to 10 Mile Ranch, Stacey Huska. She oh, was, she yeah. She was super quick, yeah. too. So she's a friend yeah. of the show, and she's helping us out. And, and every every friend, every sponsorship, it all, 
you know, I, I mentioned this in a previous episode, Ron. It just it tells us that this this show matters and that people care about it. So thank you, Stacy. And uh, they're all valued for their commitment. Like it's it's uh, given me renewed uh, kind of boosted me up and gone go ahead go yeah. ahead with this because yeah. look look who else is coming yeah so cool. yeah well hey that's i think that takes us to the end of episode three so people who have made it to the end thank you again uh and we got episode four coming up uh, next week and uh and so let me tell you right now next guest we got wendy nelson coming to join us for episode four so you can look forward to that all right keep listening